On today's episode of Script and Style, David and I talk about our, our retrospective of 2019 and how we did on our goals. Welcome to the Script and Style Show, the web show where we talk about web development with the people that make it happen. Today's episode is brought to you by TrackJS JavaScript Error Monitoring. Know when errors hit your website with the context to find and fix bugs fast with TrackJS. Start your free trial today at trackjs.com. Welcome to Script and Style, everybody. I'm Todd Gardner from TrackJS, and my co-host, David Walsh, creator of the popular blog, davidwalsh.name. How's it going today, David? I'm, I'm, I'm both upset and shot out of a cannon. Upset? Yes. What's up? Let me qualify this and, and tell you why I'm shot out of a cannon right now. I ran out of Keurig coffee cups oh. like little k cups not good so i went over to my wife's nespresso and okay. just grabbed whatever apparently what i grabbed was a double shot of espresso so i'm like out of my mind right now my heart is like thumping i'm like having intense thoughts but why am i upset i just tweeted this you cannot pick up your fucking phone anymore like when it rings you can't pick up anymore no because 90 percent of what you get is a spam spam or a bot or crap and i'm so mad about that and i know i'm like the 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 living embodiment of um homer simpson's dad pointing to the cloud and like yelling at the cloud but as much as i love technology we take good things and we just fuck them up we ruin them we just ruin them social media used to be great trash now like every time we start automating something, we just ruin it. Yeah. And what's even worse is that, you know, you used to get these calls from like one eight hundred numbers or like some number where you could look at it and you go, okay, that's that's not anything I want to answer. But then, you know, they started getting smarter about it, and now you're getting calls from like local numbers. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, it looks like it's coming from in your neighborhood. Right. Like, is it, is it my neighbor? Is it like, does my kid need something at school? Did something happen? No. Bullshit. So you like, you just, you can't even pick up your phone anymore. We've ruined the phone. Yeah. Unless I have the number like already programmed in, it just, it goes to voicemail. And honestly, it has for probably a couple of years now for me. Like, if you're calling me, there's, uh, it needs to be implied that I know you. And if I don't know you, you're going to go to voicemail and I'm going to scream it. That's a good shout. The problem with that is that I'm too lazy to add everyone that I want to get a phone call from to my contacts. Mm. Right? So now I'm, you're like a, a secretary of contacts if you want to use your phone. And I'm just yeah. so frustrated and annoyed with this whole, this whole thing. I'm, I'm bugged. I'm bugged. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing to be done about it though. Like it's, it's done. Like, just like, uh, just like postal mail got screwed over. Like, phone calls are, it's done. Like, it's full of spam. It's just nothing but, but junk. You were supposed to lift me up. I don't have anything to lift you up. It's just like, yeah, it's a garbage medium. Like, in fact, if you're reaching out to me, like salespeople, be known. Like, if you reach out to me for the first time and it's over a phone call. I am much less likely to ever use anything you're associated with. Not more likely. Because you called me. Like, that's, uh, no, private space. Right. <laughs> and I say all of this as someone who hates talking to people on the phone. 
right? So I, in theory, I should be happy about this. But no, I'm just annoyed. But anyways, we have something to talk about. Yes, we do. It's the end of a long year. 2019, a very long year. Almost in the books. Um, we need to talk about our yearly goals. When I go into like a work day, I ask myself, I sh- I'm sorry, at the end of a work day, I ask myself, if I knew I was going to get this done at the beginning of the day, would I take it? Like, would I be happy with that? And so I'm going to apply that to the entire year. So I think what we'll do is I'll say one goal and whether I accomplished it or not, and then volley over to you to see if you accomplished a goal, and then we'll just go back and forth. We'll figure this out. And at the end of it, you and I are going to figure out whether the year was a success, whether we would have taken that at the beginning of the year. Okay. Does that work? That That works. That works for me. I'll go first. I had set a bunch of goals. um, And the first first big goal that I had, and and these are documented, by the way. I can look back at my blog post and and know that this was, in fact, a goal. Um, One of my goals was to become a better overall dev tooler. So as people, you know, may have heard on this podcast before, I work primarily on the debugger. Like that's my everyday main responsibility. Um, It's an awesome tool. It's a difficult tool to work on because it's doing so many things. But I don't just want to be a debugger. I wanted to be a better dev tooler. And now looking back over the year, I can say I accomplished this goal. Um, Firefox 71, which just debuted, has um, network request blocking which I created. So that's like a major goal. That was good for me. Um, we implemented DOM mutation breakpoints this year, which is great, but required a lot of um, coordinating and encoding between the inspector where you can at, like select the node and uh, add the DOM mutation breakpoint and then the debugger where it displays it and pauses and stuff. So I really needed to venture into the internal Firefox server and a few other panels, as well as work on performance stuff within, you know, the entirety of DevTools. So I'm going to say mission accomplished. And it feels really, it feels really good. Um, you sort of learn what problems the other DevTools panels have. You coordinate with people that you don't speak to very often. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go with a W on this one. This was a victory. This was big time victory for David Walsh. Taking the win. For the brand, for the people, <laughs> yes. How about you? What was one of your big goals for for twenty nineteen? Uh, well, all right. So I would say my biggest goal, the one that was like letterhead first on the page, kind of when we were thinking about twenty nineteen and what I wanted to get done, was uh, it was a revenue growth goal for the business. And uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it was, but it was too big. I want numbers. I nope, want big. Nope. In, in retrospect, it was too big. It was like uh, we, we were looking at our growth. We're like, oh, if only we could hit this number. That's the goal. Hit that number. And, uh, and we did not hit that number. Uh, but, but I don't think it's for lack of trying, and I don't think it's for anything like systemic. I think it's that, you know, when something's new and something new is new and cool, it grows fast. 
Like, look at the early days of of tech. Look at the early days of a framework. Look at the early days of a library. Things go grow crazy. It grows 100% year over year. It grows 200% year over year. But it doesn't grow that fast after it's a thing. Like matured. Yeah. Once, once you're, you know, the market kind of knows who you are and knows what you're good at and stuff like that. If you're, if you're lucky, you still grow. And we're lucky. We still grow. Problem is, we don't grow like the early days anymore, which I think, I think that was just a my bad of our goal setting is I set a goal for the company that was pretty aggressive. It was like, we are going to like just crush this. And, uh, and we didn't hit it. Um, but that's, oh, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, so I, I think I do have to take a loss in this category on this first goal, but uh, learn something from it. That's good. Right. I'm glad that you talked about having learned something from it. Um, how, like, what did you base that number on and how are you going to, <laughs> and by well, number, I mean percentage, not dollar amount, but like yeah. what, how, right, so we, how we can looked, you better estimate for next year? How can you better sure. goal set for next year? Well, so like when we were looking at our growth over the past uh, three years, there was like, there's a lot of like unpredictability. And one of the most frustrating things with building a piece of software and selling it like like what we're doing is that um, there's not like a really a good one-to-one correlation between something you do and your growth rate right afterwards. Like it's not like you ship an awesome feature and then all of a sudden your growth rate goes up 6%. Right. It's, it's like, nope, some months it's up, some months it's down. There's way more variability in like people's buying cycles and the overall economy and how many new you know tech companies are starting and how many projects are getting off the ground and there's tons of variability beyond our control. And uh, what what we failed or I think what my learning was is that I looked over those past three years and I said, okay, here was our average growth over that time period, trying to just get out that fluctuations. And I said, great. Let's keep growing at that average rate. And if we can keep growing at that average rate over this, this long time period, we're good. Problem is that that average rate included a high growth early period. Mm. So that average was just too high. Okay. It's like, we don't, you can't keep growing at that steep, like, you know, the steep high growth rate forever. Eventually, you know, it, it levels out a little bit. Right. And, uh, and we just needed to recognize, like, nope, we're not going to grow like this. We're going to grow like this. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're okay with that too. I'm glad that that you don't seem super put off by it, right? Because it's it's always better to set a super high goal and not achieve it that you know achieve something that yeah. you think is low. And we're we're incredibly fortunate in that, like, uh, the there's not like. There's not like a make or, or do or die pressure on the business anymore. Like we've crossed that level of sustainability. We're like, um, we're paying ourselves. We're making, we're saving money. We have plenty of money to operate. There's no like, there, there's no like huge risk in our in our sites that's gonna like destroy the business. Sure. And so the growth rate is about like, how can we keep growing so that we can do more, so that we can build more stuff so that we can do more things, not we need to grow or we're going to die or we need to grow or our investors are going to, you know, sell us off or something like that because we don't have investors. It's just us. And so that's, 
you know, a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing is that we've hit this point of sustainability. We don't have to grow. We like to grow, but we don't have to grow. That's good. I like that. An L, an L, but not a massive L. Yeah. Awesome. Minor L. <clears throat> lowercase L. Okay. Yeah, lowercase L. Okay. Uh, goal number two for me was to get promoted to staff developer at Mozilla. Ooh. Massive L. Didn't happen. And, and, and it's like make or break, right? But here's <laughs> here's the thing that I I'm not upset about it. And if anything, I'm sort of relieved because one thing that I've learned about myself is that when I'm not happy or I don't feel like I'm achieving everything that I want to, I dangle carrots out for myself that either aren't realistic or that I don't really care about or that are just sort of superficial, right? Um, I want to continue getting better at Mozilla. And in fairness to myself, I've since I became a senior, uh, I don't even, I'm senior something. Um, I have been moved around a lot, you know, um, someone will come to me and be like, David, this team over here needs help. Can you go do it? I'm like, yeah, of course. The, what happens though, is that you end up with a new manager that doesn't know anything that you've done in the past. Right. And so that's like for the past three years, that's been what I've done. Um, and so, you know, in speaking with my manager, part of what Mozilla wants you to be able to do is prove you can um, go over here and do well, go over here and do well, go over here and do well, but within a certain container. So I went from Firefox OS TV to um, our internal like code review tools, which was PHP, Perl, um, Bugzilla stuff, to dev tools, now to Android stuff, right? And while I succeed everywhere I go, it's not within the same umbrella. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it, it like, it's almost as though it doesn't count. Back to the staff engineer thing, though. What does staff engineer mean at Mozilla? I, I don't even, I don't even know. And, and well, when I think of the staff engineer, it's like, you can just go wherever and be awesome. And like be a leader and, and, and really, really own stuff. And I look at the staff engineers around me on DevTools and I go, I am not nearly as good as that person. And, and it's not imposter syndrome. It's like they're not afraid to go into the deep internals of whatever and just figure it out. And I don't feel like I have that yet. Um, like I don't have that confidence yet. And that's mm. okay. I've decided that that's okay. Um, I am happy with my skills. Well, I'm never super happy with my skill set, but I'm confident enough to know that I belong and that over time this will come and that having that title isn't, isn't important. Like I need to stop thinking that titles will make me important or make me feel better about, you know, about myself. So while it is an L, kind of like you, I've learned that like I need to stop dangling titles and stop dangling things yeah. that I think will make me happy. Um, but if anything, will make me less happy because the expectation will be so high. Right? Does that make sense? It, it does. It's, uh, it sounds like uh, 
Um, you're not letting other people define your worth. Yes. And, and I'm okay with that. I think I honestly feel I've done this to myself a lot of times over my career where I've dangled things that aren't, aren't important. I actually feel like this is the last time that I'll do it. I will never set another, uh, goal around job title ever again. Yeah. So in the end, sort of a W didn't meet the goal. Feel good about not meeting that goal. Thankful I didn't meet that goal. How about you? Goal number two. All right. Goal number two for me. So this goal, I didn't have quite at the beginning of the year, but I set it very early in the year, probably around March-ish. Still counts. Still Still counts. counts. All right. And so this goal was, uh, it was was kind of a similar realization, actually. So um, I've done a lot of software conferences all over the world. And for a long time, it was a big part of who I was and it was, it defined, it was part of my own like ego. Like I, I felt important because I did this thing and it was frankly kind of addicting. Uh, you'd go out, you'd be like, Ooh, I get to go and do this travel thing. And I get to go and uh, under, you know, it, 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 it looks a lot like work. It feels a lot like work but I get to go to a new place I've never been and hang out with people who become your friends. And I have tons of like conference friends that I go and hang out with. And it was great. You became a, uh, you were intoxicated with celebrity. I was, (laughs) I was totally. And it was early in this year. I kind of realized that I actually think this is not good for me because I'm letting my self-worth be defined by what conferences I get into and mm-hmm. which places I go and how many I go to. And I was comparing myself with other people who do it. Uh, maybe who, they, who even do it as their like job. Whereas like, I, it wasn't really my job. It was kind of part of my job, but not like some people have that role. Like they are the, you know, the developer advocate for some big tech company. Right. It's their job to do conferences and stuff like that. Uh, and I was comparing myself to them and I was like, I can never keep up with that. Like I have mm. too many other things to do. I can't go from one conference to the next conference to the next conference. And uh, and so I set this goal for myself. Basically, I need to take a step back and reflect on this outside of like the glow of conferencing. Like just I'm going to, over the course of the year, extract myself from that community and decide like, uh, how long do I need to like be away and like understand? And so my last conference of the year was actually just not that long ago. It was in Amsterdam. Uh, but I'd committed to that a long time before. Uh, but I've already, I've decided that, uh, I was going to not do any conferences in 2020. And I'm just going to like not submit talks, uh, not not be part of that just so I can understand. And I'm already feeling really good about that. Like the fact that I haven't submitted to anything since, you know, that February, March, I'm calling that as a win. I've never like broken <clears throat> down and, and like succumbed to that addiction or that, that culture. Um, so I'm calling it a win in that I have successfully backed out of that community a little bit and I'm giving myself a boundary and some time to reflect and decide if I get back into it, 
what are the reasonings I'm, or what is the reason I'm doing it and how much am I going to do? Because I can't throw myself all into that and still be, um, still put the energy that I need to put into my family <laughs> and the energy that I need to into my business. That sounds like a massive W. And I'm glad that you brought up energy because I saw that you were going to these conferences and I'm like, how the hell does he have the energy to do this stuff? <laughs> like I, it takes all of my will to like leave the house sometimes. Um, but what I will say is that it seems like the events that you're doing are really cool, right? Like they are you're going, I, I, I going to Amsterdam, events. going to, uh, didn't you go to Poland this year as well? I did. I actually, yeah, I went to Poland this year. It was actually my second time going to Poland. I had an opportunity to go a second time, uh, this year, uh, that was very hard to turn down because I have some good friends who organized that event. And they really wanted me to go. And it was just very hard to be like, you know what? I I made this promise to myself that I wasn't going to do this, that I wasn't going to get sucked back in. And like, this is how I would get sucked back in. Sure. Right. Well, I mean, you sound happy about it. And <clears throat> it sounds like the ones that you went to really paid off. I like, by the way, being a dev evangelist and needing to go to X many conferences like per month or whatever sounds terrible like i could never do that like i hate travel i i hate flying i should say <laughs> it just sounds like a really difficult job and i'm not always convinced that the conference speaking is worth is worth it to whatever you're trying to sell or push yeah but i'm sure that like the time outside of the actual giving your talk is actually worth it. Um, but yeah, I would hate that. I couldn't do it. And I don't yeah. know how, how you were able to go to so many things. I have, I have, a, I have a, like some very good friends who have the roles of uh, developer advocate at some very big companies. And, and they love it. And it's like, it's the right job for them. For them, right. Totally. But like the, the travel commitments and like the, the going from one event to the next thing, it's just too much. Like a few times I tried to do back-to-back -back events where like I would, you know, I'm going to be gone for two and a half weeks. I'm going to go to this event and then I'm going to fly to the next event and then I'm going to fly to the next event and then I'm going to fly home. And every time I regretted it just because after the first one, I, I, I wasn't in it anymore. Right. I was, I was tired. I was burnt out. I didn't want to go to like the social events, which is like the whole value in going really. Right. Like your talk is great, but that's like, table stakes that gets you in the door like all of the value that you get out of an ad being an advocate comes at the you know the random hallway conversations that you're going to give with people okay cool all right glad Back that worked out goal three goal three for me was to improve this show this podcast and i'm going to take a w on it because i agree i feel I feel really good about what we accomplished. I mean, in, in the first year... It was year, this time last year when we were, like, kind of considering what we were going to do with this show. Because we were just right. doing, like, hangouts on YouTube and just kind of, like, bullshitting our way through it. I wouldn't say that. I think that one of the issues that we identified early on was that the guest thing was really hard. Um, and at the same time... It was one guest at a time, and I'm super proud of the guests that we got because, oh, yeah. like, 
I totally abused my, my, my blog friend circle um, to get everybody on. But one thing that we succeeded in, and you were the driver behind it, was the panel shows. The panel shows were really good because we got to hear multiple voices um, from all types of different people with all types of different specialties. You and I are two white guys from the Midwest who like JavaScript, right? Um, but getting other voices in to talk about other things um, and having sort of a roundtable discussion about them, I think was a really big improvement. And I was really happy about that. Um, I think the other thing that you and I improved on was doing the show by ourselves. I think that when you have a guest or guests, um, that's really easy, right? Because the it's, the pressure isn't all on us. It's sort of like us asking a question or just trying to steer things yeah. while the person that we were interviewing or talking to um, was in a way providing the main content. And so, you know, when we stopped doing so many interviews and we started talking to each other, I think that was really good. And I think that out of those shows at the end, we sort of always learned something from each other. I had like a, a different um, way of looking whatever at whatever topic we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like really excited where this came from. In the beginning, you had to talk me into doing this because um, I have a face for radio and a voice for nothing. <laughs> and so... <laughs> oh, you sell yourself short. I, I wasn't confident in doing it, but I'm super like, I'm proud of what we have. There's still ways that we can make this better. Um, but I'm really glad that we did this. And I think that over the course of this year, um, the show improved a lot. So much so that we've had a couple people like, when's the next show coming? When's the next show coming? And that feels really good. It does. What do you think? I, I agree. Um, the The panel shows are uh, were really insightful. Um, I hope we do more of those. The trick with those is always that you know, they're just hard to set up. People have lots of different scheduling. Some people can do shows during the day. Some people can't do shows until the evening. It's hard to get a a good cross-section of people to all be available at the right time, Uh, which is kind of what led to these one-on-one shows is people like, we're we're super lucky that like so many of our listeners are like, hey, what are you guys doing another show? What are you doing another show? And we're like, well, we got to do another show. And we can't get mm-hmm. our scheduling to work out. So how about you and I just get on and we'll bullshit about something. And those shows actually turn out really, really good. Um, and so I think that's that's awesome. Um, I think that one of the things that we need to... Uh, I need to work on in many aspects of my life, including this show, is avoiding perfection which we did that whole show about shipping without perfection is like, we don't have to figure everything out and release this super polished podcast or the, like we are not going to be like startup. We are not going to be uh, like those uh, Gimlet media podcasts. Like that's just not who we are. We don't have all that money to throw into editors. What we do have is we have our own perspectives and personalities and we can just share them. And the, fastest way we can find to get that done and to get that digestible i think we just need to to go with which is you know i agree what we're doing now (laughs) well i'm taking a w you're taking a w 
W's all around. W's all around. Thanks for being an awesome co-host. Goal number three, you. Oh, I don't know if I have a goal number three. I hadn't thought of a third one. Uh, What was my third goal? I don't have like a document like you did. Um, How about like a lice pass? Okay. Uh, Goal four for me, massive L, um, a redesign of my blog. I keep talking. I've been wanting to do this forever, but I just... I fucking like my theme. It's like, it just feels good. Um, I do want to redo it from a tech perspective to um, to not use any JavaScript frameworks. Um, the problem is that I'm not a designer. And so I get very discouraged early on. So I think that this is just going to be one of those goals that exists forever. <laughs> is unattainable. Um, but I, th- I think I'll get there at some point. All right, little crumbs. Little crumb goals or things, thoughts at the end of the year. Um, at the beginning of the year, I would have never thought that I'd be working on Android stuff. And I don't know how I would have felt about it. Uh, but what I can say is that it's been fun. It gives me another perspective on development and coding. It gives me insight into another world. It's making me think a little bit more about gesture, gestures, gestures. And, um, and usability and accessibility, which is only a good thing. Um, and it's also sort of like a welcome break from doing heavy DevTools stuff. Um, so that's good. I'm excited about that. Um, one thing that I think I've also become better at over the course of this year is taking advantage, and I mean this in a good way, of the flexibility that Mozilla provides and just working from home provides, right? Um, I need to go and get my kids twice a week, and I don't feel guilty about doing that anymore. Um, And I don't feel guilty if I go out to lunch with someone or if I just say, no, I can't meet about this today simply because, you know, I need to keep my mind on something else. Um, I'm feeling less guilty about all of those things, and that feels good. Um, Lastly... I'm super proud of leading the debugger community team over the past year. Every week at one o'clock on Tuesdays, we meet, we video, we talk about stuff. And to see the contributors grow from like a five line fix to jumping into the really deep parts of the debugger feels really great. And without them, we wouldn't have watch points, um, what other features? Some conditional breaking stuff. They've just done such an amazing job at fixing all of the stuff that I've broken um, that I'm really proud of them and I'm proud to lead them. Does that make sense? I feel I feel like that's pretty good. So I'm going to make you go first. If you knew at – no. Looking back at the year – would you have taken where you are now? Taken as opposed to what? At, at, like, are you happy with where you are? Like, at the beginning yeah. of the year, if you knew you would have gotten all this stuff done, would you take it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, the the lowercase l that we took on growth is, <laughs> is a little disappointing. But... Um, but overall, there are so many positives this year. Um, like just growing 
as as a person, as a business owner, as a developer. Um, learned so many great things this year. Made awesome connections with people. Uh, grew, made things that people value, like between the podcast and the events and the businesses and the tools and stuff like that. I, I say, yeah, huge win. Nice. Take it. Take it. You taking it? I don't know if I'm taking it, to be honest. <gasps> I know. Here's the thing, right? You've been nothing but sunshines and rainbows about all your goals, and then you're not going to take it? I'm ambitious. You know, like, here's the thing. You know how everyone starts the year, like, oh, work out, and I'm not going to, you know, drink on weekdays. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and I'm going to, you know, like, you know how the beginning of the year always gives you that, like, that, you know, rush of adrenaline? Yep. Um. I think that if January me like saw the list of things that I achieved, I might be a little bit disappointed, but from an ambition perspective and when you try and, you know, look forward in January, you don't know every circumstance that's happened in that time. So would January me have taken it? No. Am I happy with where I am right now? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Am it, I uh, am I on both sides of the fence right now? No, uh, there's a. I, I can't attribute the quote, but like, it might be Bill Gates, but I, I don't really remember. It's people uh, overestimate what you can accomplish in a year and underestimate what you can accomplish in ten years. And I think that's, uh, I think I like that's that. ringing true. Like you, you look at like you plan for a year, and everybody's super ambitious. Like you think a year's a long time, but there's a lot of, you know, stuff, unpredictability that happens within a year. And so, like, yeah, nobody probably gets quite as much done as as they wanted to. But it's okay. It's okay. I like that. All right. Again, I'm going to make you go first. Takeaways. What is your main takeaway from the biggest? Show? The biggest takeaway I have is, is maybe a little foreshadowing of a future episode is we got to do, like, a formal goals episode for next year. Like, we got to be... Like, I don't feel like I have enough content for this one. So we got to, like, have a conversation in January and be like, all right, what are we getting done? This is what we're doing. And so that we can have, like, at the end of 2020, when we do this show again, we can be like, all right, there was that episode. We Here's said the things I said. Oh, no. They, how do we do? Accountability, not good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Accountability to ourselves. Yes. Still not good. Um, All right. My main takeaway. What is my main takeaway? My main takeaway, again, and sometimes you need to hear yourself say something out loud for you to get it. I think that I'm happy and proud to feel good about not reaching every goal. And not just that, but to also recognize that that goal is bullshit. I called bullshit on a goal. I took the L on it, but I called BS on it. And I feel good about that. And I can learn something from it. Um, I feel positive when I didn't achieve everything that I had hoped. And like you said, it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes, like, it's just about, you you just got to be happy with what you're doing, right? And not... 
not feel bad about yourself that you can't get done every single thing that the ambitious, most ambitious version of you would want and just be okay with what you did get done. Yeah. I, I'm going to print that out and put it up on my wall somewhere. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Epic outro. Let's do it. Epic outro. All right. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our show, listening to our retrospective. I hope we inspired you to do a retrospective of your own uh, for what you got done this year. If you have ideas, suggestions for things that you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, shoot us a, a message on Twitter or I'll leave a comment on YouTube or wherever. Uh, I'm at Todd H. Gardner. I'm at David Walsh Blog. See you soon. Script and Style Show is recorded and produced by David Walsh and Todd Gardner. We'll see you next time on Script and Style.